Hello. Oh. Wow. I just tried. Lindsay said, let's throw each other off right before the countdown. And she thought she threw me off and I threw her off. I am thrown off. There we go. I'm Are off. you ready or should we count down again? I feel ready. Oh, no. <laughs> we tried being nice to each other today, which we know is totally not our personalities. So I'm like, you're walking dumpster fire. Yeah. So everyone, this is going to be kind of Twilight Zone-ish. Lindsay's prepared. I kind of haven't. Um, yeah. It's a we went cloudy to the gym. day. We promised we wouldn't do that. Oh, sorry. We promised we, we wouldn't go to the gym before we record anymore <laughs> because we're like spider monkeys jacked up on Mountain Dew after that. Sean. I love your analogies. Sean. Lindsay, happy freaking holidays. Happy holidays to you. On the week of Halloween. <laughs> I know, poor Halloween. I mean, when you're in the biz, you have to record early, right? Yeah, we'll talk about that, won't we? Are we in the biz? Lindsay uh, totally threw me with her Instagram post this morning, like she's totally ready in her lovely, fashionable plaid blouse. <laughs> so I beelined it to our storage room two minutes before the recording, and I'm wearing... What I think is actually, it's quite flattering on me because I already look like chapeau. Santa himself. So, Lindsay Biwa, what's up? Um, it is almost the beginning of the holiday season. And, yeah. well, this episode is going to be posted the week of November 22nd if we keep our shit together. So, it will be closer to the holidays and we will be in the festive spirit, but I'm already in the festive spirit. Tell us why. Tell us what that feels like. Well... You know, I've been looking around with like trends and different things. And as people are like creating more in-store experiences and I'm like a walking example of these trends coming to life. All I want to do is meet up with my pals, grab a hot latte, go into stores. And I just, I want, I want to go and see the lights and buy the things. And luckily because of marketing things. calendars and supply chains, Christmas stuff is everywhere. I think it was out at the beginning of October. So I am 100% in the yeah. spirit and wanting to get out and shop. So and see I people. unintentionally got out last night to shop, but for, uh, oh. you know, our staples, you know, our, our protein powders and our, you know, giant things of toilet paper. So we went to Costco. The ins and the outs. And this hat is deceiving because I am not ready. It it was so funny because usually, like Lindsay said, you get into the stores and, and you know, you see all this stuff and you just feel it, it was not it's exciting. It. I'm like, I can't find my granola bars with all these damn lights and trees all over the place. Oh, I bought my children's snowsuits at Costco in April, I want to exactly. say. Exactly. <laughs> my wife, Simone, we're so behind. We're not even ready for Halloween. And my wife, Simone's like, usually by this point, she would have bought her third uh what would, what would you call her third haul on Halloween candy? And then what she does is she tells right. me to hide it because she can't stop eating the little chocolate bars. And then when she does find them, it's my fault because I didn't hide them well enough. So that's usually the scenario. We have not bought any. And so last night she's kind of looking at me going like, I wonder if they'll have Halloween candy. And we kind of look at each other and we're like, <laughs> no, that was August. I've had advent calendars. In our, my Heidi space, 
probably since like June or July. Again, I got them at Costco that early. And then I went to the grocery store yesterday. I'm like, I should just restock because like, as you know, we've also eaten all of our Halloween candy. And I was like, they're probably not going to have any like this late in the game, but they were still well, there were still a ton to choose from. Well, I think Costco is an except like it's particularly, I think it's part of their supply chain stuff, right? Like they're so ahead of the game. Gone is the day that you can go to the week of Halloween right. and get Halloween candy. So in here lies the crux of my, my Ooh, dilemma crux. I've been thinking about. I love cruxes that Lindsay has. Okay. So not only is it digital convenience that I feel like is killing some of the spirit because you're not getting those like in-person, in-store touch points that are really like getting you into it. But when I buy an advent calendar in June, it's almost like I've checked it off my list and I move on. And then by the time Christmas comes, I'm like getting into the next like Valentine's or, or whatever it is. So it's almost yeah. like those moments happen so far in advance of the actual holiday. It tends to kill a, a tiny bit of the spirit once you actually get to the holiday. I think that's a perfect segue into what we're going to talk about today is um, from a marketing and branding standpoint, what guides year over year how the world approaches, how global markets approach any holiday. And I think when you think about, say, our friends in the U.S., from my understanding is, you know, their big holiday, and we talk about Black Friday, and now there's Cyber Monday, and there's, it's all revolved around um, American Thanksgiving. And, and now because of, you know, Christmas is a Christian holiday, although I think marketers would tend to disagree, it's this whole holiday season that the longer they can expand it and the longer they can capitalize on it, and we, we're, you know, we're there with the dollars to spend it, it it's just a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's really interesting. And last year was yeah. very different. You know, I think it's so funny that you're just dying to get back in the stores because that is not Lindsay circa December 2020. No, it's, or yes, or even before that when I was like, I'm not going anywhere. Ever. <laughs> yeah. Now look at me. Yeah. The in-store blossomed butterfly. I mean, I think I'm just craving the magic, you know, because, and I think a lot of people are as we move into this year where it's like, you know, they say pandemic is still top of mind for people, but they're looking forward more to those experiences. It's just like, you're craving some of the magic that makes you feel connected and alive and human and, you know, yeah. part of your community and, and talking to people and having those experiences. It just, it's really what makes um, the joy of the season. And I think, yeah, the magic, it's a perfect word for you. And we've talked about this before, you know, what's your, your, what's your love language. And I think based on last year's uh, exchange, Do we I both say that. No, cause I think it's, I think that's a marketing thing too, but your love language is gift giving and gift receiving. Um, yeah. Thank you for adding the giving in. I thought you were just going to say receiving. <laughs> yeah. Greedy. That's Lindsay. No, you put a lot of thought <laughs> into the gift. Therefore, it's the, the value is in the thought, not just the monetary value of the gift. And that's apparent when people do that. And I know people who do that. And I, I like to do mm -hmm. that, but um, I do love watching anyone I'm giving a gift to open the gift more so than I like opening it. Yeah. Um, I think it's about that. And I think marketing does it very well is in creating that magic or that anticipation of that magic, the question is, where do where does each of us find the magic? And I think mm -hmm. that's where 
so much has changed in the last little while. And Lindsay and I were talking and we're thinking, okay, so do we talk about holiday? Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're getting our shit together. We're starting to actually plan a few things. Um, and it was sort of like, really, if our target is, you know, marketeers of any sort, we should really, we can't be doing a Christmas show in mid-December. We've missed the boat. So that's why yeah. today is October, what is it, 28th? 28th. And we're talking literally about right before Halloween. So it's a slightly a little tiny slap in Halloween's face, but I do love a good trick or treat. But I think last year, like there's you, there's these things that you want to happen and sometimes they happen and it's not what you thought. So like yes. with digital increasing last year with Christmas um, and the holidays and being like, you know what, this is amazing. I can have all of my holiday shopping done by the end of October. I didn't have to set foot into a store. Everything's now seamlessly delivered to my doorstep with zero shipping fees. It's amazing. I just go click, 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 and it's all done. And then you're like, that was so great. And then at the end of that experience, you're like, but it was slightly lackluster because you didn't have those serendipitous moments of magic. So I think that's where people are now seeing the flip and they're like, I need some of that in my life. I think the magic is that idea of being open to new experiences, new occasions as they happen. And maybe this idea of planning ahead is about making sure you're not worrying about maybe the, the non-magic things to really optimize those magical moments, which is, you know, Christmas Eve, uh, you know, uh, getting up in the morning. And there's my favorite moment of every year is waking up Christmas morning. It really is. That's your favorite moment? It is. It's my favorite moment of every year, my entire life. I've been fortunate. I've had lovely Christmases. It's a big family thing. And uh, it's just that one time every year, I don't think I feel such bliss, no matter yeah. what's going on. So that's a good thing. And I even think it's not about like excess and tons of gifts and all that stuff. Even people who are on very slim budgets the magic of waking up that morning, having selected one meaningful gift or experience, not about like abundance. It's still like that magic still lies in, in big and small moments. But the magic lies in so many things. Like for us, it would be, you know, it's going to mass on the, on the evening and going to get my mother-in-law and every year that it's Christmas Eve will, will definitely, you know, evolve every year because of circumstances. So it's like, you know, married in Italian. So they have their big Christmas Eve uh, seafood meal and, and all that stuff. So it, it, it is a collection of moments all leading up to actually after that moment in the morning, it actually just goes down from there. I don't mean like terrible sink, but I remember being a little kid. It plummets and by, into by the Christmas ocean of night, despair. By Christmas night, even as a little kid, I felt very down. It was just sort really? of like, okay, it's done. Yeah. Um, but then you build new. I was a very materialistic kid. Uh, but but it was just that idea of the magic of that moment, Christmas morning. I'm one of six kids. I'm the youngest. There were kids. There were, I was going to say kids having kids. No, we weren't that kind of family, but that's fine. Weird. Uh, but there would be Christmases where there were like, honestly, 24 of us Christmas morning, of which probably 20 of us were staying at my mother's house. It was a big house. So I don't know. It's just, you know, as years progress now, we have a new, we, with our kids and, and my extended family, we have uh, Boxing Day stuff happening. It's Simone's birthday on the 28th. So we always make a big deal of that. Next thing you know, it's New Year's. So we definitely make sure there's always something. It doesn't have to be anything big. It could be like, okay, so we started a new tradition last year. We go for a walk in the woods on Christmas, on Boxing Day morning. And it was like, it was oh, magical. Nice. Yeah. Well, the, uh, like the other thing about that is like, 
I feel like because Christmas purchasing and festivities and things move, have moved further up in the year, it gives space for other things, like for people who don't celebrate Christmas. I'm sure maybe during that actual week or those couple of days, you know, people have moved on. There's more room for different types of celebrations and different things yes. that you want to be doing. And like with your new tradition of uh, Boxing Day, it's it's also doesn't have to be about Christmas, right? It's about family, togetherness, getting out, different things. And it actually has nothing to do with shopping. We don't do that. Yeah. Because again, it's about connection. Yeah. Making new, finding new ways to make the most of a moment considering yeah. who's there. And that's why I love Christmas so much. It's always a new moment to say what's, what other wonderful thing can happen. Anyways. Aren't we, we disgustingly cheery today? I am Normally now. we're I'm like. Still... <laughs> but what I am Where's cheery Scrooge? about. Uh, what I am cheerful about is. Uh, for a few months, Lindsay and I have been keeping an eye out for, you know, what's new this year and we've seen trends and we've been looking at all this stuff and there really wasn't much. It was like, oh my gosh, you could take out COVID. It's not particularly it's like new connect stuff. online and offline. Oh, like, really? that's new. Do you mean omni-channel? Um, <laughs> but it's true. So I don't mean to talk that way. So I found this article, <laughs> which was really interesting. Um, it's from uh, PwC. Well, it's a study, right? It's a study. Sorry, it's not an article. It's a report. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it had some really interesting insight. Again, from PwC. It's a long But name. can we also just see, did you print it out? Are you reading off a piece of pa papier? Yeah. I love that about you. Proceed. Do you though? <laughs> No, I do. All right, let's try that again. I do. Okay, the title of the study is called The Retail Industry Guide to the Evolving Holiday Shopping Habits of Canadian Consumers. It's the 2021 Canadian Holiday Outlook. As Canadians prepare for their second holiday season under the cloud of COVID-19, rays of light are emerging for many retailers as signs of a demand-fueled recovery start to take hold. So they... Um, surveyed more than 11 or well, almost 1200 it's easier to say 1200 consumers in late august so again Lindsay, you and i mm -hmm. always joke about sort of there's intent then there's the reality what i do think right. is interesting is some of the takeaways that they had and the one that really stuck out for me is the fact that canadian consumers say their personal finances are strengthening perception of the country's economic outlook are improving and they plan to significantly increase their holiday spending over last year okay so not it's a surprise these are bright spots folks bright spots last year yeah. was like no one's spending no. anything and no one's going anywhere so the world shut down on christmas eve right oh yeah <laughs> but this year people are getting ready to do stuff but Oh. Okay, this isn't an I know and it's a definite I know, but they say even with vaccination rates rising across the country, COVID-19 concerns still remain front and center in the minds of Canadians. As sure, I mean, how could it not? How could it not? Yeah, a slight majority, so 53%, say they expect the pandemic to have a negative impact on their 2021 holiday spending. <laughs> but that's a general <laughs> statement. What's a negative impact, right? Overall, it's looking better, but it's not getting back to normal. There, I said it, Lindsay. Don't even start with me. 
So basically the study is really to help guide retailers, um, but I think it's interesting to all of us. Um, there's three key things they pull out. I'm just gonna focus on one of them, um, is there is pent up demand among Canadian consumers. While their 2021 holiday spending is expected to jump significantly from last year, it will remain below pre-pandemic levels. I mean, bottom line, right. that's all there is to it. Yeah. What Lindsay and I talked about, there's so many great nuggets in here, and we both chose our particular takeaways almost from a, okay, it's a retail focused or it's, it's focused to retailers, but we're looking at it as not only strategists, but also consumers and how we can mm -hmm. relate to some of this data or not. So Lindsay, I'm going to hand it over to you to talk about some of the key pieces of data and insights that you saw, either good or bad. Okay. This is a very robust study, you know, that they've shared and in the article, like in the reference link that we'll send, they pull out key nuggets. So a couple of the things that really stood out to me as I was scrolling through and just picking out different tidbits of information was that, yeah, so as Sean spoke about, Canadians expect to increase their holiday spending this year, 29% over last year. And they say that gift giving and entertaining guests are central to the holidays for many Canadians. So I think that's as well where people are, you know, like we just spoke about looking yeah. for those moments of connection. It's like, what's that special thing I'm going to get? And I feel like I could go back into stores. I could actually maybe look around for a minute. And it's not even just about curbside pickup. It's like, could I go and explore for a second? And then am I going to be able to be with some of the people that perhaps I wasn't with last year? Um, so really it's about, you know, gift giving and entertaining, but yeah. the funny thing that I came across as well in this, uh, report was that, but consumers expect to increase their spending even more dramatically on another cohort themselves. Oh, did you see this? Yeah. That was one of my takeaways. Was it? Yeah. Did I punk your takeaway? No, sure. Okay. It shows we're both brilliant. Does it? Or, or basic. Anyhow, yeah. the I think the interesting thing about that and people looking to spend on themselves actually goes back to some work that I did a couple of years ago around Black Friday specifically. Okay. So they say that Black Friday spending, you know, although you're getting some sales and things for gift giving for Christmas, a lot of that money that you spend on Black Friday is actually for yourself. And when I right. think back to some of those experiences that I'm craving, like the grabbing my Starbucks, going through an Indigo, meeting up with my friends, looking around, yeah. a big part of that is gift giving. So hunting for people. But in those serendipitous moments, that's when you stumble across those like, oh, I would just, I've... I felt like I've been locked in and away from friends and, and there's just this little thing to treat myself. So I think even people moving more into stores or searching around and looking for those kind of moments to treat themselves as well are going to increase, which is exactly what this uh, report is saying. Yeah. Yeah. They say respondents say that they'll spend 76% more on themselves, an average of $478 this holiday season. So how much more is that? Sorry. Respondents say they'll spend 76% more on themselves, 76% yeah. more on themselves, an average of $478. And how do you feel about that? Like, do you think, do you relate to that? Yeah, I do. Because I kind of think in my I mind do. lately, I've been kind of thinking of, okay, what will I want for Christmas? Yeah. And then I kind of go, they'll never get me that. 
because I'm one of these people who I don't like to tell people exactly what I want on page 32 of the catalog item 5b. Um, <laughs> You're not a catalog marker and mailer? I was as a kid, but yeah, so it's just sort of that idea of, I know when I read this, I'm like, yeah, totally. Like, I'm totally right? thinking, what am I going to buy myself? And so they go on to say school closures, stay at home orders and agonizingly long zoom calls. It's been a stressful and trying year and many consumers are looking to treat themselves with expensive restaurant dinners and other discretionary purchases. Like that's exactly how I feel, even if it's so going back to the lipstick effect as an example, which we've spoken about a million times, even if I'm in store and I see like, oh, there's a little scarf that's, you know, cheap and cheerful, but I could just like, I think everyone has been through a lot and you, you're out, you're in the spirit, you're gift giving and thinking about gifts for other people. And you're like, you know what? I could use a little pick me up because it's been rough. It's interesting. I didn't think about it until now, but last weekend we had some friends up that I hadn't seen in a while and they're from Quebec where I'm from. And let's be honest, where they, where I come from is not very large. So there's not a lot of access to good retail. So their tent, their habits and what used to be mine were always around, there were key times, two or three key times in the year where you just bought everything you needed, right? So you'd often go to the right. States. They do talk about cross-border uh, shopping in this article, which I'm not going there, but it's pretty interesting stuff. Um, mm -hmm. they, we, we have the perception and it's not wrong, but the prices are better. There's a greater selection, all those kind of things. So they came here and I'll be honest, I live uh, in, in the Oakville area and there's outlet malls and all that stuff. So the whole weekend, was about, we had one friend who was buying for other people, but for my wife and I, we were buying for ourselves. So I'm like, I kind of feel we're already doing it. It wasn't huge indulgences, but yeah, I think I'm living, yeah. I'm living it. And even if people aren't in the position, you know, financially because of the pandemic to do the big hauls, it's even just, I'm going to get myself a little chocolate treat as well. And a nail polish. Like it's those things where you're like, I could use a bright spot. And for once over the last couple of years, we do see some of that consumer mindset shifting to it being more positive. So it's just a very exciting time. And the one um, opportunity they state in that report for retailers is that they can differentiate themselves by creating meaningful in-store experiences that keep right. customers engaged from their first impression to the point of sale. And I think for the past, you know, ever since we've had stores. <laughs> it's all been about like creating these meaningful in-store experiences. But I think now we're just really create, craving those. So whether it's, um, you know, me on the weekend grabbing my Starbucks and meeting my pals at Crate and Barrel and, you know, buying a new cute little snowman for our mantle, like it's people are looking for that um, those in-store experiences, I think more than ever. And as someone who really wasn't looking for in-store experiences last year, right. even years and years and years, I've saved myself the trauma of going in stores during the holiday season. Now I'm the first to say like, I have to get back out there. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. And they, they say, you know, even amid the popularity of online shopping, consumers plan to spend approximately half their holiday shopping time in physical stores, yep. which uh, last year, I believe that was zero for you. And it might've been about 10% for me. Yeah. So that's yeah, big. big shifts. And I think the last thing that I just wanted to pull out from there, 
Um, because, you know, all of the work that we do in, in marketing and advertising and campaigns and things like that, I think really should be grounded in mindset of people and culture and consumers. They've talked about the consumer mindset shift. So you can mm -hmm. go into this report. There's a little tool where you can scroll across the scroll bar and see the, uh, insights, how they've changed from year to year. Pretty cool. So wasn't it? Very cool. Yeah, very cool. You can spend a lot of time like going back and comparing the, the stats, but you're starting to see the bright spots for 2021 holiday where they say personal finances are improving, growing confidence in the economy and pandemic concerns still dominate. So as you're, you know, putting campaigns in market, executing social content and community management, all that kind of stuff during the holiday season, which will still be things people can implement insights around by the time this episode launches, is to just have that mindset at the core of what you're doing. You know, pan pandemic concerns are still there, but there is that growing confidence and excitement. Yes. Therefore, there's, a, there's the opportunity. However, you have to address some of the barriers to that opportunity, right? right. So it's exactly what brands and do so well. And everyone's at different is, levels. Yeah, so who is your customer? Who are your customers? There is that opportunity. Where is the opportunity? However, what are the barriers to that just happening easily? And that's exactly what, mm -hmm. what Lindsay and I do um, is be clear on who you're trying to communicate, what they need and communicate accordingly. Yep. I want to talk a little bit about what they call the growing online influences on consumer choices. Mm. So they asked the question, what attracts consumers to one retailer over another? Three quarters okay. of the respondents say they are likely or extremely likely to shop with brands or retailers that they consider trustworthy this holiday season. Additionally, what does trustworthy mean exactly? You tell me. No, don't. Spotlight's on me, Lindsay. I better fix my hat. Additionally, 62% say they anticipate they'll shop at retailers offering Canadian-made products. I don't know why oh. I put an accent on products. That's not how Canadians say That's it. That's not Canadian. <laughs> right? What's interesting is they're like, so how are they finding that retailer of choice? And I don't think it's a big surprise, but they're increasingly turning to Amazon and Google to help them plan their holiday shopping. 59% of respondents say they'll look to Amazon for ideas and inspiration for products and holiday gifts up from 43. I do that. What's interesting is I go to Amazon, but it doesn't mean I'm going to buy from Amazon. Right. So it's really interesting how we're much more inclined <clears throat> to go online, to even shop online, but that's just one piece of the shopping experience, right? We're about, I'm with right. you, Lindsay, there's nothing replaces the retail experience, but they, they talked a little bit about, I think in this article, how it's kind of flipping is people are depending more on digital in the store as part of their experience mm -hmm. and people are re relying to inspire. more- Exactly. And people are relying more on in-store experience to drive their digital decisions. So it's just, we've been talking about this stuff forever where, you know, that merging of online and offline, but it's happening. And I think for brands, especially retailers, but for brands too, it's wrong to think of them as the last three feet of the sale, right? The, 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 that moment right. of uh, zero moment of, what is it? Zemot, zero moment of truth. It's happening anywhere. And, and that's that idea of they have to look at it that way. 
what I thought was really interesting about this is the takeaway, as they put it, and I love this, is about you need to build trust with them because that's mm-hmm. basically what all that's happening right now. The decisions are the consumers are based on very individual experiences, but those individual experiences no longer are about what's your in-store experience, what's your customer right. service experience, what's your, it's all blended. And this is where a brand comes in because if any, regardless of what I buy or what the product is, when I have a negative experience, it's the brands that suffer the retailer, the, the brand, the manufacturer or any brand involved. So with that, they say Canadian consumers want to shop with businesses they consider trustworthy. Yes. As Lindsay mm. said, so what does that mean? A perception, and- go ahead. Just to pause for a sec, don't you think that like so clearly ties back to everything around Edelman Trust Barometer last year and how, you you know, trust across the board is just down. Like you say, when you've been let down at that moment of truth or you've taken all this time to research something online and then you try to get it and the shipping is $100 and it's six weeks and you feel like you have to take control of your own shopping experience to do either curbside or try and find it somewhere else. I feel like trust across the board is still down, especially with regards to the holiday season where people aren't going to sacrifice not being able to get something because they feel like they also need to deliver on that magic for the people they love. Right. So how does a brand build that trust, take take advantage of this opportunity to say, consumers are fickle. They are brand switching ever since COVID faster than they ever have before. So from a strategic level is really to say, don't be all things to all people, really focus on what the value is of the experience you're providing. Um, mm-hmm. So they continue to say, when they talk about, they're looking for um, businesses that they consider trustworthy, a perception that typically starts with retailers providing quality products, but is often shaped by every interaction between a customer and a brand. And it's funny how now the product is almost the last thing. Because I'll get it somewhere else. It's parody, And also with things like Amazon, like it's very hard to tell what the quality of the product is until it arrives, right? So So it's it's Amazon. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. You have the shipping, you have the shopping, you have the shipping, you have the, you know, the experience when it gets here, you have the unboxing, you have the return policies, you have all of those things that are even outside of the product. And really, I think it's even those initial steps that build more trust than getting the quality product itself. Well, I had a, an experience yesterday, um, late in the day where I was having technical issues with a particular software that I buy a lot of and have relied on for many, many years. And I had to do a chat experience, which I'm kind of used to now. And it was terrible. It was like, it was terrible. Yeah. It was so badly set up and considering they're an application developer and and distributor and all that stuff. I was was in the car. I had to just say, forget it. And I got in the car and I, I just ranted for 30 minutes to my wife, who is also a buyer of this, this product or service. And she's Mm. just like, she said it, that really sucks. And we're both like, yeah, so now I'm all angry. I don't have an option, but I'll, and, and that's the, you said this last week. Um, or last episode where you're like, if you're going to do it poorly, don't do it at all, brand. Like right. pull out, opt out because you have done more damage. And I had recently the exact opposite experience. So I've been trying to purchase a rug for since the summer. We know. Yeah, since we the know. summer. 
So I found this new uh, website, which is like beautiful products and things like that. Nice rugs. I'm like, I'm not going to get this till next summer. Like it's going to be a nightmare. I build my cart of a couple options I like. They had a chat feature. So I'm like, let me see what, if this would work. I messaged in the chat feature. I said, I've built a cart of rugs that I like, not willing to wait until next summer to receive the rug. Can you please check for me, which are in stock today so that I can help me inform my decision? The chat person comes back with a full list of my cart, which ones are currently in stock and which ones will have a slight delay and what time I would be able to get it by. Like 10 rugs. Boom. And then I'm like- Should we not call out that? What? Who the brand was? Oh yeah, let me find it. It's a a new company I've never even heard of. I think they're out of Ottawa. Um, and the company is called LD Shop, like LD and then Shop, S-H-O-P-P-E by Leclerc Decor. So the huh. website is ldshop.com and phenomenal experience. So now I'm like, I have the confidence to buy literally whatever from this website, but also maybe more than one rug, which I wasn't planning on doing because of the excellent customer service through the chat function. That's great. Yeah, you know, complete, that's like, worth sharing. The spectrum is all over the place. So anyways, with that, it's great to close with the building brand trust because it's just what we talk about all the time. And they talk about the opportunity for retailers. And it's so important, even if it's small, especially small retailers or small vendors of their own products, retailers can build consumer trust through transparency and traceability measures. What did you just show as your example? That's so important. Like she could have said to me, hey, I want you to buy this crazy expensive rug and not told me I wouldn't get it till March. But you wouldn't have bought and it. just like left me hanging. But now I'm like, I'm already loyal to you. And I've never even purchased from you because of this amazing experience. You're opening and voting with your wallet. I stole that from you. Such as, so they talk about some of the key measures around traceability and transparency, such as digital processes that allow customers to track the location of their purchases. I will tell you, I just ordered something this week and it was unbelievable. And they asked, can we contact you via text? When it's on its way to you, we will only use it once. And they did. Thank you so much. Yes, you may. So they tra- they can track the location of their purchases and gain visibility into the last mile delivery process. So that thing we always talk zero moment of truth, last three feet of the sale, all that stuff has mm-hmm. now become the last mile into the delivery process. Right. Trust can also be built by giving consumers the opportunity to communicate and follow up on the channel of their choosing, be it in store, phone, or online. And the biggest issue I had yesterday was if I'd known that I could just pick up the phone and say, okay, sorry, and I'm a terrible typer, problem was, so was my the person serving me. It was, I'm ranting. Okay, Sean Patrick, I'm out of coffee and you got 30 seconds to wrap it up. I'm feeling a little better about holiday. Lindsay, that's up to you, but you just need to inspire me. Um, Some great information here. I think what was fun, it's so relatable. And I think Lindsay and I come from right now, two very different mindsets. And I think that's the closing thing is understand our mindsets. And I think it balances well with the message of the report that's saying, hey, we plan on opening our wallets wider this year. However, that doesn't mean we're right for the picking, right? Yep. So Lindsay, what do you have to say? Create memorable experiences, make it easy, build trust. Seamless. They say it's all about omni. People, omni means that 
you look at the path relative to the consumer's decisions and what they choose to do. It's no longer where's digital, where's e-commerce, where's physical. It's all one thing. So learn what they're up against. Learn what this the kind of data that this this studies like this are telling you. Learn and don't go in uninformed because it will do a lot of damage. I'm back to Scrooge. <laughs> Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks, Sean. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, everyone. Ho, ho, ho. Bah, humbug. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. New episodes launch every two weeks, so be sure to subscribe to the Two Marketeers podcast wherever you like to listen. Or go to the twomarketeers.ca and connect with us. That's the twomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. We are everywhere. Two Marketeers Podcast. This podcast is over. over.